For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I've said this to you guys before, roster building is a 12-month process. And you can't sit here and rest on your laurels, oh, you went to the Super Bowl, so obviously you're going to go back again. Your decisions are made above your shoulders rather than in your heart. Exactly. Listen, at the end of the day, we're going to do the evaluation. We're going to see what we feel we need, and we're going to do everything we can. All right, welcome to the C3 Panthers podcast. It's episode 18.47, Ground Zero, and it's a Heineke of a disaster. We're going to be talking about the Carolina Panthers as they limp into the finish line. They crawl towards the finish line. We're going to survey that wreckage of the 2018 season and try to figure out what the Carolina Panthers can get motivated for against the New Orleans Saints in their final game of the year. And uh, we're going to get motivated tonight, and I'm going to get Panther Nation pumped up. Somehow, we're going to find a way to get through this together, and it starts by hanging out with my friend, Cody Lashney. How are you, Cody? Tony Dunn, I'm a wonderful man. This this will be the final show that we do during the 2018 Panther season. It didn't turn out as we wanted it, man, but we're here for each other. We're here with the lifelong diehards in the YouTube chat. I'm ready, man. Let's do it. All right. I'd like to welcome everybody who's on Facebook, on YouTube, the YouTube chat. We appreciate it. We appreciate your support. If you could go ahead and turn your phone portrait mode, smash that thumbs up button. Uh, and uh, make sure you subscribe on your podcast apps as well to the longest running Panthers podcast out there. Um, all right. And, uh, and if you want to support us in any other way, we sell some merchandise like the CamWow. Uh, there's some, you can donate to the show and do that. But really, your support can be found in this Christmas season in the chat room by chopping it up with us. And I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas to start, and hopefully we have a happier New Year than this one. But 
Cody, here we are. We've lost seven straight. The Panthers have uh, struggled mightily in this dispute or this decline. And I'm going to open and ask this question to you. We talked about it briefly before the show. Is there a more disappointing season in recent memory in your mind than the 2018 Carolina Panthers? You know, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, I, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say, yeah. It, for me, it was between uh, this season and 2016. Coming off that Super Bowl, I felt that we had a nice foundation going forward to maybe be able to repeat and make a run. Um, but, I mean, you and I said numerous times at the start of the season, we felt that we had upgraded the team with Don Tari Poe. We had put pieces in place that we had the dominant front seven. We put some pieces around Cam Newton. And for a while, that seemed to be the case. I mean, we were rolling. We were doing some good things. And then the damn wheels fell off this sucker, man. And, yeah, I mean, I I think it would be different if we started out slow. But the fact that we started out so strong, dominant even, in in a few performances – yeah, this has probably been the most disappointing season that I can say I've been a part of as a fan. Yeah, I mean, you could go back. I mean, I could go back to, like, somewhere we were just awful. but And those yeah. were just awful seasons, you know. I mean, I had 2010 with Jimmy Clausen and that, that nonsense. I mean, you can go back to some – I mean, you go back into, like, early 2000, 2001 when they were, like, 1-15. in 15. But those were bad teams, and to me, yeah. I'm going to say this this takes the cake. And I was I was with you. I was splitting hairs between 2016 and 2018. And the reason being is that you had such a, you know, you were so close. You seemed so hot uh, in 2015 that you were hoping that that fire would just continue. But I think there were some reasonable reasons why it didn't. I mean, and the fact that, you know, uh, Cam Newton, several concussions that, that season – you lose Michael Orr to concussions as well. There was just a lot of of problems on that team, uh, and that that just were apparent from the very beginning. Graham Gano as well, and this season has been disappointing because I don't feel like there is a lot of reason to be. We, how do you be really that hopeful at this point that we can't even win a game? At this point, we're just hoping the season ends. And 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 now we don't know. I think before you could have said, hey, Ron Rivera uh, can steady the ship. He's good in December. He's He gets these teams. He doesn't lose the locker room. We don't even have that to hold on to at this moment. We don't know what Cam Newton's health is going to be. And then the wild card factor is, is we don't even know if who what the front office is going to look like going into next season. So I think it's complicated. I think our losing is complicated by the degree of uncertainty ahead of us. Yeah, and, you know, David Tepper is a wild card. I mean, he bought the season, bought bought the team, rather, when the pieces were in place. We had Ron Rivera, we had Mario Herney, and he even came out and said that, you know, he liked them at that position, in the positions that they're in. Um, Now, after a terrible season like this, um, we have no idea what he's going to do. He's a, a total wild card. Um, we have no idea if he's going to clean house. Um, you know, Ian Rappaport had come out and said that 
Uh, it looks like we're going to be keeping Ron Rivera. But then Joe Person comes out on his Twitter and says that that's not what he's hearing amongst NFL circles. So really, nobody has any idea what the future of the Panthers looks like in the front office. A lot of personnel decisions to be made. Devin Funches, Greg Olson, Thomas Davis, Don Tari Poe. There's a, a lot of uncertainty around the Carolina Panthers right now. Well, I think you should expect Don Terry Poe to come back next year because uh, he signed a, a three-year deal, I believe, with the Carolina Panthers, and usually they're kind of locked in for two of those three years. Uh, it, it might not be financially wise for us uh, to part ways with him, but then you're losing a center as well, and Matt Khalil retiring, the unknown that comes with um, Greg Olson at the same time. There is, like you said, and then and as someone in the Facebook chat, it was Sean Gilly says, look, Munderland's good. Bye-bye to Munderland. Bye-bye to Chris Clark. So there's a lot of bye-byes, and it's going to be a lot of get to know a new team going forward. Now, uh, I guess there is a, one bright spot, though, is that Jarris Wright, with when he crested 40 catches, got a $200,000 bonus. Uh, and, and that yeah. was in this past game in week 15. That's Merry a good Christmas, Christmas bonus. <laughs> yeah. And I hope uh, that he is going to be, that he will be buying something for his wife. Nice. I'm sure of that, that he will. Um, also, I think you sent that message to me, Cody. Yeah, I did. My bad. Continue. Okay. Okay. Um, so now I, I would say this is let's turn to the current situation instead of looking forward right now. There is some more concerning news or interesting news. Taylor Heineke waited all those years to start his first game. And now he started his first game and that was it. He's been put on IR with an injured elbow and the Panthers now signed quarterback Garrett Gilbert who we're familiar with and to be the backup, but it looks like Kyle Allen will be starting, uh, starting the, this week. We saw briefly him and a stint in, in the second quarter when um, what's his name? Tyler Heineke already forgot it <laughs> is <laughs> was hurt. Now that's sad. I don't mean that, but uh, you know, is this, we don't even have, it's going to be very difficult to watch this game. It's kind of a bizarre game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, weirdly, it'll be some sort of an exhibition uh, preseason hybrid. Uh, Drew Brees probably will not play. Um, And according to Jordan Rodrigue of the Charlotte Observer, they are now talking like uh, we might do the same thing and test out some of the depth that we have on our roster. So, um, you know, some of the, the defensive ends that don't get a lot of playing time, um, Marcus Haynes comes to mind. Some of the linebackers that we drafted. Um, it, it's it'll be a weird one, man. And you know now, you know that we're in the midst of draft season, pretty much. Which, by the way, there's a brand new draft tomorrow on DraftTech.com. Be sure and check it out early in the morning. Um, you know, it's you don't want us to win. Uh, and and I was uh, even typing this in the chat. So right now, unless I'm wrong and unless draft tech is wrong, 
the Panthers have the 11th pick in the draft. And because the Falcons had a slightly tougher strength of schedule this year, even though they beat us twice, they still have the 10th pick in the draft, and we have the doesn't 11th. make no sense. It That's makes terrible. no damn sense even, in the man? world. It makes not a shred of sense, but it is the way it is, man. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's in a bad situation where you want the Panthers to lose, man, to a division rival. It doesn't feel good. On the other hand, um, Kyle Allen will start. Now, for those of you who don't know him, in 2013, either 14 or 13, pardon me, uh, he was the number one rated quarterback coming out of high school. He ends up going to Texas A&M. He transferred around a little bit. Um, and, you know, he ended up being an undrafted free agent. But the man has talent. And it'll be interesting to see how he performs and what his future, what the Panthers will ultimately be. Yeah, it's a tough, a tough stretch. Look, we've got a a guest in Cody from Roanoke, Virginia. He's going to join us. Cody, go ahead and bring in your doppelganger from Virginia. Cody, meet Cody. And it, it is a tough. This has been a difficult year, specifically for me, because we are what looks like we're going to be one in five against division rivals. All right. We got Cody, Cody from Roanoke, Virginia. Cody, speak to him. Cody, can you hear us, man? He's got to turn his sound up on his phone. Maybe. Testing one, two. Hey, Cody, can you hear us? We can hear you, sir. I can't hear anything on my end. Of no chance. All right, I'll drop okay. him. In. I'll uh, well, message him. Okay. All right. So one in five against division rivals is not a good deal, right? Is not that that is that has got to be the saddest statistic that I can think of that we could have? Is that at least you want to? Um, beat those types of play, you know, really get after those guys. And we have egg on our face losing seven in a row. And now the egg on our face comes to as well that we can't beat the guys that we hate the most. And, and that's a difficult prospect for us. And and the fact that Tampa Bay is beat up, beat us one time this season, there's nothing to hang your hat on in, in the division, really tough, tough sledding right now. All right, so we'll continue forward. This is the C3 Panthers podcast. Hopefully we can get Cody uh, to work. If it, if not, we're going to have to link up and try it, give it a test. Some other point is that now where we're at here is now, let's see, other news. Devin Funches reportedly asked about his contract negotiations and status with the team going forward. And Devin Funches says he would like to be back. Now, I think he has to say that uh, because you like getting paid. But I don't think he's going to be welcome back at this point. It just certainly seems like you've lost a lot of confidence in, in him towards the end of towards the end of this season. And I understand fans getting on you quick, but it looks like the coaching staff has started to turn their back on you, and that's not a ringing endorsement at this point, Cody. 
No, I mean, that's not an endorsement at all. Uh, you know, and if you think about it, if you look at guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, who's a third-round pick, Antonio Brown, um, you know, he was, a, I believe, a fourth-round pick. DeAndre Hopkins didn't go in the first round, and he's probably the best receiver in the NFL right now. And then you look at Devin Funches, and David Gettleman traded and moved up to grab him. And we just haven't seen out of him what I feel fans have wanted to see. And I don't think that's an unfair statement. Um, It's not so much – and I'm going to be honest. When it comes to the man's hands, I don't feel that they've always been a problem. In fact, you know, I would say even before this season, I would say that it was one of his better attributes. But he's never been a great route runner. Um, Brett Coleman even said that when we interviewed him, that he didn't even know what routes he was running sometime. And um, now it appears that he's not even on the same page uh, as Cam Newton most of the time. He's been seeing fewer and fewer reps. And it's just, yeah, it doesn't seem as though um, he is a large part of what the Panther offense will be in the future. So definitely if he wants a ton of money, I do not think Carolina would be the place that, uh, that throws the bag on him. No, I mean, and, and I just don't think it, it, it might be at this point, just time for a fresh scenery. And that is a, a new fan base to, to, to have to ingratiate yourself with. Cause at this point, you haven't ingratiated yourself with the fans. You haven't ingratiated yourself with the coaching staff in the front office. You're a Gettleman guy in in any way. You're not a Marty Herney guy. So that doesn't put you in favorable light as it is. And it looks like there's going to be some casualties right now at this point that people are getting thrown under the bus to save other people. And 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 that's look. I mean, we saw a little bit of it with Ron Rivera and the coaching staff earlier. So so that's kind of to me is I think it might be. I feel like Brandon LaFell left with better a better taste in his mouth, like more liked by the fans than Devin Funches at this point. Yeah, I feel he had more upside from a physicality standpoint. I felt he was fast and he was a decent enough route runner. Um, yeah, man. I mean, and if you think about it, you know, and, and David Gettleman's tenure here, who, again, I'm not as hard on as most fans, but the two wide receivers that he drafted to put around Cam Newton in his time here ended up being Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches. And it doesn't say a lot about his ability to draft exterior help. So, um, yeah, and I mean, look, you know, we might be looking to add another receiver come draft time. So uh, it, it all depends. I'm interested to see how much he ends up asking for because there are some players that are better about that than others. They know that they might not be the Odell Beckhams of the world and they, you know, they're more reasonable in what they might ask for. Uh, but I don't know. We just don't know that about Devin. And he has said that he wants to be back. So it all depends. I believe he's like an eight million dollar player at best, and that's yeah. not what he wants to hear. That that's no. putting him in in the category of a Tory Smith. And but I, I right now he's hasn't had over 
700 or 800 yards receiving in a single season, and he's been given a ton of opportunity. So I don't know at what point you can really command that much money, and I just don't think he could command any from us. I think it's going to be a one-year deal with another team, and that's all he's going to get. I think that he's been upset that he he blew a big opportunity. I mean, if you think about it, is every game that he played poorly in – took a, a million dollars or more off of potential contract signing. So that's got to be difficult going ahead. Uh, Cody, we can try one more time with Cody. Yep. And you, if you want to bring him in and we'll see if he can hear us. And if not, we'll just kind of give him the mic and let him go for a second. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hey, how you All right. Can you hear us? I can hear you beautifully. Can you yes. hear Tony? I can hear both of you. Awesome. Holy cow. The the world is good. All right, Cody from Virginia. Welcome to the C3 Panthers podcast. You called into the show several times. What's on your mind tonight? Um, Man, just uh, I wanted to join the show, man. I mean, to be honest with you, just uh, just find it pretty cool to be on the, the show beyond just uh, a voice, maybe put a face to the to the name and to, you know, what I've been saying. Um ultimately, you know, agree with a lot of the things you say. The more I think about the Ron Rivera thing, though, um, I, I think we can all agree. I think a fresh start would be happy. You know, we'd be happy to see a fresh start. But at this point, I, I really don't. I'm not upset by it because I do feel like we would we would miss him, especially if next year we come in with somebody who's just, you know, subpar. So I'm not upset by him not leaving. But at the same time, it doesn't make me excited for next year, you know. Yeah, it's a limbo status of what do you do? I mean, what do you truly do at this point? And it all has to be is that we won't be able to know any of it until it unfolds. And that is until that guy is installed, if there is a replacement, and you see how the season starts off or or goes, because being a head coach is a giant learning curve for a lot of people. And you saw the learning curve for Eric Washington. He's moved to defensive coordinator, and it was tremendous for him. Ron Rivera didn't have everything together in the early years, but the question now, and I'm going to turn it to Cody from South Carolina, I think the saddening part about the Rivera thing is that he is not getting better as a coach. Yeah, he's not. Um, you know, I I go on the Panthers subreddit sometime, and they posted a video uh, before the last Saints game, and it was from 2013. And uh, it, it was the game that we played against the Saints that solidified us going into the playoffs. And uh, Deion Sanders is talking with, I think, maybe um, uh, Warwick Dunn, uh, is, is on the panel with them, and they're showing Ron Rivera not using the timeout when you're supposed to be using it at the end of the football game, and the same sense of getting the ball back. It's just he hasn't gotten better. Um, and, you know, I've said this on the show before. Ron Rivera is not a bad head coach, and I don't really think that any of us would say that he is, but he has brought us, in my opinion at least, um, as far as he is capable of. Um, I, I don't know if he will be the, the guy that, that brings this team to the promised land and helps us win a, a Super Bowl championship. I, I feel if that were true, um, we would have been a more consistent football team uh, than we are right now and not you know having a winning season and a losing season 
and back and forth and back and forth. Um, in my opinion, that's on the coaches and less so the players. And I just, I'm not, and I want to throw this to our guest, Cody. Um, strong name, by the way, real powerful, manly name. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to I ask you this, and Tony and I have been talking about this. How excited are you if here comes 2019 and Ron Rivera is the head coach, Marty Herney is the general manager, it's the same regime, same old thing. How confident are you in the Panthers and their chances moving forward with those two at the helm? So next year, I'm pretty confident, right? Because it's the even year curse, right? So right. I'm happy yeah. you know, there, right? But I mean, I get what you're saying um, to some degree. The, the the part that I would say we've seen what he's capable of, and I'm not going to put that all on him, the 2015 season, the 2013 season, season even. 2017 was a decent season. I wouldn't say that was a great season, but it was a decent season. Right. You know, we've seen the highest, right? Yeah, we didn't get all the way to where we wanted to be, but we came pretty dang on close. So I, I think the ability to get there is still there with Ron Rivera. Um, so there's still hope, even if he does come back next year. I will say to the point, I wanted to touch on this with the time management. That's something that I've noticed since his tenure. I've never seen, and it may go back to Cam Newton too. I've never seen a team so lax in the final two minutes to where they will not run back to the line, get set and have the play already known yes. that they're going to be throwing you know, it, it, it frustrates me to no end. And that's the one thing I'll say about Cam Newton is that, you know, that New Orleans game when we were coming down on the second half, you know, coming there to the end and he wanted to celebrate. I get it. But, you know, and that falls on Ron Rivera, too. There should have been a timeout right there. I think if there's ever a time for a timeout, it was right there. Instead, we let 20 seconds bleed off the clock before we actually hit the timeout. But yeah, back to your original. Was, it was a collective. It was a collective issue there, though. I mean, oh, it, is that while while Ron should be calling timeout, Cam should also be focused enough to know that if if somebody's going to make a mistake, that he's got to be drilling it. And I also was starting to think the same thing at that moment when I was thinking about Cam, and I was like, "Gosh, come on, Cam! Like, uh, we got to go, go!" But then in the game last week. I saw that the team did the same thing for Heineke and he's sitting there trying to get him to speed up. And everybody's like, Oh, well, we'll get up here. So just real lack of urgency. I've never seen a lack of discipline like that. I mean, it's just, and it does go back to the coaching there. If there's one reason, and I know there's a lot of reasons to fire a head coach, but in the entire tenure, you haven't set in, in mind that if we're behind or even have a chance to go up at the half, we need to have some hustle. And you see it even go back to high school. You see hustle. You see hustle in every good team out there. I've never seen Aaron Rodgers when it's two minutes to go, even if they are, you know, sporting the lead to where he's not getting ready to go into the half, trying to go with the t- touchdown, just, you know, kind of cushion that uh, that lead a little bit. And that's just for whatever reason, our, our coaching staff has not instilled that that urgency, as, as we've said, um, in the players or in the, the game plan. And it may go back to the reason of Cam Newton. I'm a Cam Newton supporter all day, every day, but I know they have to simplify things, you know, with the play calling. And he agreed. I mean, you know, he's even admitted seeing some of these other yeah. uh, quarterbacks being able to, you know, to make the calls that they make by, you know, the ways they have to do it. It's just there's a huge difference. And maybe the simplification of, of how Cam gets his plays is not actually helping 
with the urgency. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it, you, I'm not a part of the meetings. I'm not a part of the huddle. I'm not a part of the play calling. So I can't really say a hundred percent, but I mean, there's gotta be a reason that it hasn't been fixed to this point. He said the verbiage. And, and if you do hear all that they have to call it the huddle, it is crazy. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's like almost a, a damn paragraph, but, um, yeah. You know, I, I think that is more kind of what Cam's talking about. And, and I do agree that um, it's not – to me, it's not necessarily uh, a, a problem with Cam not being able to do it. I just think that on Cam Newton's part and on the coach's part, which, I mean, it goes between both of them, that, that there doesn't seem to be enough urgency when it matters the most, almost as if neither the sidelines or the guys on the field you know, minus Greg Olson, who seems to be always with everything, um, that, that there doesn't seem to be a, a, an awareness of what the time on the clock is, what needs to happen uh, right now, if they need to run to hurry up or, or not. And it seems as though in practice, you should have, a, you know, half of your practice dedicated to doing just that. Put the ball down, get information, spike the ball, run the play, hurry up. Yeah, and, and that that hasn't been here in the Carolina Panthers on our football team for a while now. Maybe since Ron has been here, and you're right, I do agree that that's been a problem for a while. All right, let's turn the conversation briefly over. This is that, and kind of piggybacking off the lack of urgency. One of the things that kind of stuck out to me is that now Ron Rivera. It's the, there's a story from the Charlotte Observer that says now. Uh, Taylor, Taylor Heineke's health, Ron Rivera's future, more players being evaluated by the Panthers. That's the title of the story. And now Ron has just got it in his brain that it's time to start evaluating players. I don't know why that week was it last week or even the week before, honestly. We did not see Marquise Haynes in there. He was a healthy scratch last week. I don't. Who is he actually talking about now? Because he doesn't care what Cameron Artis Payne can do. Who does he want to evaluate? And I I hope, I thought it was going to be last week in Rashawn Golden. I thought it was going to be Marquise Haynes. Uh, Jermaine Carter did get in there. But Cody from South Carolina, is he? Is this just another example of slow? It's like a dollar, what is it? A dollar short and a dollar a day short or whatever, whatever that saying is. A day late, dollar short. Yeah, Thank that, you. That, yeah, that's the. If a movie is ever made by Ron, about Ron Rivera, that'll be the title of the movie. A day late, a dollar <laughs> short. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and and this isn't new. I mean, Tony, you've been saying this for as long as I've been watching the show. You know, why doesn't Cameron Artis Payne, you know, get more reps? I mean, there were times in Jonathan Stewart's final season where he had fumbled the ball three times in a row and we'll just trot Jonathan back out there. I mean, let's letting our younger players go out there and play the, the younger, more talented, more dynamic players. You know, we've talked about this ad nauseum. It takes an injury or some form of weird situation that we're in right now for Ron Rivera to say, yeah, we're going to play the younger players. And to me, that's such a problem especially before the season starts, when you're formulating the roster for the team that you're going to have compete on the field every Sunday, and you have a head coach 
that is so insistent upon playing the veterans when there might be a better player on the roster. It's it's one of the attributes about Ron Rivera that genuinely frustrates me the most. And that's part of the reason why I and a bunch of fans want to move on from him. Because if that hasn't gotten better now, when is that going to start to change? Because, I don't know, it just seems that that would have been something you would have adjusted with and done by now. The YouTube chat is saying that the movie that is a strong running for missed opportunities, the Ron Rivera story. If we hear that again, we're all going to we're all going to seppuku at the end of that movie. Um, (laughs) Cody up north. Who do you want to see? What do you want to see in this final game via an evaluation tool? Um, I, I, I'm still waiting to see a good look at Cap, you know, uh, Cameron out of Spain. I, I, from the glimmers we've seen of him, he's been able to be explosive. I mean, even if you go back to that Dolphins game last year, I mean, you look at that game, you know, he had to come in because we had a blowout on our hands with him, and he came in and basically just ran all over him too. I mean, I know it wasn't a crazy, you know, they weren't really playing for anything, but, I mean, I, I think finding out what we have in him and see if we can get a – Ingram, Kamara style of, you know, one-two punch with those guys. Um, I, once again, it's a copycat league, and we could sit here all day and say they need to find out what people can do. The truth of the matter is they see what they do in practice, and, and if they're not playing, there's a reason, I'd like to think. Um, granted, there's been people come in and, and surprise even the coaches as to what they can do. I mean, look at F.A. Obata. He did in this you know, against the Bengals. I don't think anybody saw him coming in and winning NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Um, and then he's still inactive most weeks, you know, even after that. Right. Um, but I, I think Corn Elder, Rashawn Golden, we need to see what we really have with our secondary before we really get into the draft and the free agency to find out what our needs really are. Because if those guys can actually do something or learn or get some experience, maybe we can save our, our focus, as I've talked about on my previous call from Sunday night, Maybe we are focused can just simply be the lines. And even if that means and I know it sounds stupid, but trading our top, you know, if we get a top 10 pick, trading that away for deeper, you know, and, and a more abundant amount of the O-line defensive line, because as we talked about, sometimes those top 10 picks can be bust. You know, we, we have one on our hands right now with Khalil, as we talked about on Sunday. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, a lot of a lot of holes to fill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vernon Butler, a lot of holes to fill there. And speaking of, I know that I've been, you know, on that Cameron Artist Payne train forever. But did you guys see what C.J. Anderson did? In the line? He goes yeah. and puts up 100. Now, I know it's the Cardinals. But he had 167 yards rushing at like two touchdowns or something. And yeah. that mug couldn't find a spot on any team, supposedly. But I guess it shows you. And a lot of those were after contact, I read. I need to go well, watch the tape question? and see what happened. Yeah. That poses, that poses a question, though, right? I think Todd Gurley is good, but is he that good? Or is it the oh, team that he's on? You're yes. on to something right there, man. And no, listen, listen. Mm. Let, me, let me say this. <laughs> Todd Gurley, listen, Todd Gurley is he's a very good running back. But if you look at the difference this season between Saquon Barkley and Todd Gurley, mm-hmm. it's night and day difference. That is an incredible offensive line they have in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. 
and Saquon Barkley, and even our very own Christian McCaffrey, they have the ability to make plays where there isn't a play to be had, where there isn't a hole to be had. And, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about Todd. The man is incredible. But, um, yeah, C.J. Anderson broke the record, uh, I think, for the past. I don't remember what it was, but he broke some sort of record with most yards after contact. I mean, this is C.J. Anderson, people. He was on a roster a few weeks ago. And then Ron Rivera has the goal a week or so ago to talk about Next year, we might look to lighten the the load for Christian McCaffrey next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, hello. Oh, hello. Hey, oh. Hello. Did you, not have, did you not bring a guy in specifically for that purpose and then let him go after the trade deadline? I mean, come on, man. It's, talk about a missed opportunity, dude. It's so and frustrating. Oh, cool head coach, but doesn't that not go to North Turner, too? I mean, I think we've Absolutely. all been a fan of what North has done. And, Absolutely. and everybody wants to get rid of North too. But I think when you look at it, the problem that you run into is because of Cam's Cam's shoulder has been messed up all season. It's been messed up since last season. He hasn't been able to throw a deep ball since 2015 or really 2016 when we had uh, Ted Ginn. And so it's it's been a minute. And so we really haven't seen the full effect of a North Turner offense. I was hoping to be able to see it last week, but our offensive line couldn't really keep Heineke clean long enough, but we saw some deep attempts and we didn't see that with Cam Newton all season. We've seen some things that go 20 yards. We saw a few shot plays that were just horribly, horribly either overthrown or underthrown. Um, And so I'm waiting to see when Cam Newton comes back full force because I feel like Norv has the ability to build a package that's going to make this team even more dynamic. You see what we did with just short yardage game? Think about when we can add that long pass back to it. I mean, just think about how nasty that defense can be. I mean, the if there's anything, if there's anything that saves Ron Rivera's job, it's North Turner, and yeah. that we saw enough uh, a growth in the offense, um, th- enough growth in the offense to get things done, uh, or to to be optimistic. And like you said, where you're expecting those vertical threats and those things going down the field. All right. We're actually going to go. We're going to have to take a break and go to the cat calls. Uh, you want to hang out for those, uh, Cody, or you got to run? I'm fine with hanging out for a little bit. All right. All right. Well, yeah, uh, we're going to bring, we'll go to a couple cat calls and then we got Josh from Mass who's going to jump in as well. But here we go with the cat calls. The number is 252 228 5098. You can be a part of the C3 Panthers podcast. What we want to do is make this the most interactive show that we're going to have to look, we're going to have to put our arms around each other. We're going to have to join the link arms and just get through this together. And you can do that. This is your time to vent. Let's jump into these calls and see what's happening. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good, like... Hey, I was just listening to the radio, and... Uh, I live in Charlotte, and uh, a Kemper Jeep Ram and Dodge commercial came up, and uh, Thomas Davis was on it, and um, I, don't know, I just thought it was really funny, the guy was talking about, like, Thomas, what do you credit for 
this amazing year's success. And he's like, I don't know, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Ben from Harrisburg. Um, hey, I just wanted to call and uh, give you guys my opinion, I guess, on the whole coaching thing. It's probably going to be more of an unpopular opinion. But um, I don't know, in my opinion, that Ron Rivera deserved to go down for this year. I just can't place really any – not any of the blame, but I can't place most of the blame on him. When I look at this team, I just see, you know, poor personnel, just bad personnel all over the roster, specifically on the defensive line and offensive line. I mean, it just shows, like – we had a patchwork offensive line all season long, and they played pretty well for what they were, but down the stretch, I mean, it showed. We had a revolving door at left tackle. The left side of the offensive line was bad. I mean, it just – it all kind of came crumbling down, and it's not Ron Rivera's fault that we had the offensive, the offensive lineman that we did, and vice versa on the defensive line. I mean, all – think about it. 2015, we had – who was it? Coney Ely. 2016, Vernon Butler. 2017, Deshaun Hall. They're all off the team. All of those were Gettleman's picks, and they've come back to hurt us this year. I mean, we're playing uh, statues on the defensive line, essentially, outside of K-1 short, and he's been so underwhelming this year. You know, so I just I, – I, and that affects everything on the defense. You saw against the Saints, Luke had his best game of the year in the one game of the entire season that the defensive line actually played well. So, I mean, it sucks. This year went the way it did. But this at this point, I'm looking draft. I, um, I'm not upset that Ron Rivera is going to be back next year. I don't know that he deserved to necessarily go down for what ultimately was just personnel reasons. Um, and Cam Newton's shoulder. I mean, those two things, there's not many coaches, not named Bill Belichick that are going to find a way to win games with that set of circumstances. Um, you know, Ron's game plan and game flow and just like how he manages the two minute warning is always frustrating. I think Ron is loyal to a fault, i.e. Eric Washington. But if we come into next season with Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, a new defensive coordinator, and some fresh young talent on both sides of the line of scrimmage, I think we'll be okay. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks. It's the Save Ron Rivera job show. Who would have known that there would have been multiple people supporting Ron Rivera at this moment? I will open this discussion to you, Cody, in South Carolina first, and then we'll just turn it right over to Cody and VA. And that is, don't some of those personnel decisions, while the GM drafts the people, you think that you are working together in coordination and at some point that there was a blessing by Ron on these guys to the effect of is that, and then we've, we've mentioned it earlier, Cody, in the show is that Ron loyal to a fault to players that stink at times. And he put certain guys in the doghouse. But do you think that any of those personnel deficiencies that are mentioned that any of that accountability should fall on Ron Rivera as well? Well, listen, I mean, I've made my position known very clear. I'm not a fan of Ron Rivera. I, I don't hate the man. I don't think he's a bad head coach. But I want a, a new head coach for the for the new season in 2019. With that said, yeah, it, it's, it's not fair to put everything on him. I do feel that we have uh, players on the team that did vastly underperform. Um, Devin Funtz, as we've already spoken about, um, it, you know, it, it's never Ron Rivera's, um, you know, uh, his fault when Daryl Williams goes down at training camp 
And then you have to remember Ross Cockrell went down. Denora Cersei had to go on IR. Oh, how can we forget Meany Silatulu went down? Yeah. I don't know the, how the, we could recover. The the great Meany Silatulu Panther legend will forever lives on in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not saying that the, the players have no culpability here. I just, you know, when it comes to Ron Rivera, I just feel as though he's not getting the most out of these players, if that makes any sense, you know? I mean, we have our, our, our incredible stalwart players, Luke and Cam, Thomas Davis, Greg Olson, but, you know, you have all these other players. C.J. Anderson as a, a great example. He leaves the team and puts up 167 yards. Trey Boston was a better safety in Arizona, uh, you know, than than he was uh, and with the Chargers than he was here in Carolina. Um, I just I have a lot of questions about Ron Rivera bringing out the best uh, the best in these players when it appears as though he doesn't even see that potential himself. I mean, all I have to do is say Andrew Norwell. If it wasn't for Silatolu going down, then Andrew Norwell doesn't become the best left guard maybe in all the NFL, at least top three or four. So, yeah, it's absolutely um, been a problem with Ron. I don't know what his relationship with Dave Gellman was. I don't know what it is with Marty Herney at this point in time. So it's hard to put all the draft busts on him. But, yeah, if you're the head coach and you believe in a player, pound the table until it happens. And I don't know if Ron has done that. So that's kind of up to everyone's imagination at this point. Go ahead, Cody. Um, I mean, obviously, it, it, it touched base on a lot of the things that I said when I first got on. Um, I I agree with Cody. I think it is time for a new coach but the fact that it's not happening isn't upsetting to me um i've I've, once again we've seen what he can do with a successful team with a decent o-line um i'll be honest i don't think ron has much to do with the offense i i really don't i think that's the reason north turner's here is north turner is going to be the basically the head coach of the offense that's what his job is but i think Beyond the game management, his style of offense that he wants to run to, you know, complement his defense, I don't think our offense can be blamed on him. Um, obviously, the the O line is a problem. Um, you know, I, yeah, bad luck. And we almost forgot one. We forgot the guy who didn't pass the physical. I forgot his name from the Redskins. Um, oh, that was yeah. Breeland. Yeah, yeah Breeland. Breeland. So, I mean, our off off season for our secondary was absolutely horrible along with our uh, defensive line or our offensive line, I mean. Um, but, yeah, ultimately to say that everything would fall on on Ron, it's with everything. I mean, you look at presidencies, you know, everybody wants to blame not only our president now, but the previous presidents. You know, Barack Obama probably got the, the, the worst of, of everybody's criticism when it comes to the economy until it started getting better. And then, you know, then he wanted to be praised. And and I think that to to put that all on one person's head, you know, uh, is is not fair to anybody. I mean, even the success of 2015 to say that's Ron Rivera is 
is a fallacy. I mean, it's not true. It's it's the the culmination of hard work between our, uh, you know, truthfully, our defensive coordinator and Cam Newton making look, you know, making Mike Shula look like a a decent decent offensive coordinator who could be a head coach. But obviously, hey, man. You know? So, so. One of the things I did know, I did hear this today. I just read this, and we're going to bring, go ahead and bring Josh from Mass in. I'm going to play the next call, and he can jump in right after that call as well. Um, just think on this for a second. I just saw a report Panthers management has reached out to agent of safety Eric Reed about re signing with the team um, in 2019. So the Panthers are looking to find some. Some, uh, I guess, answer to the secondary and, and the issues there. Um, all right, I'm going to play the next call, and then we'll we'll start off with Josh from Mass right after this call. Hey, guys, it's Ben from Harrisburg again. Hey, I just wanted to uh, add another little nugget to what I bet is going to be a huge topic of conversation on the podcast, um, and that's just the whole head coaching search in general. I'm not convinced that you can just go out and find another head coach and it just, you know, it automatically is going to fix anything. Like, I think you can look all over the NFL, and you can see that the hit rate on head coaches is, you know, it's about the same as it is on quarterbacks. You don't just find great coaches everywhere. You know, you look at, like, who are some of the top guys the last few years, like Adam Gates with the Dolphins, Hugh Jackson when he went to the Browns, Kyle Shanahan with the Niners. I mean, I know he's had a lot of injuries, but still you look at their record, and those guys are all three at one point in time the hottest coaching candidate in the NFL and it's just like at this point we could take a risk go with one of those guys and you know if he flops then all of a sudden we've wasted the last three years of Cam Newton's prime or we can go with the known and Ron Rivera and you know Ron Rivera is never going to give us a coaching advantage but we could win a Super Bowl with Ron Rivera we had the correct personnel great personnel Cam's healthy playing at the high highest level he can play at we could win a Super Bowl with Ron, and I just don't know that it's worth the risk at this point in Cam's career with him being 30 next year, still trying to rehab his shoulder. I just don't know if just completely transitioning to a new coaching staff at this point in his career is just really going to be, you know, what we need. I almost think that just keeping the consistency, living with – we know what we got. We know what we have with Ron. It's just bringing in a bunch of unknowns and variables from the outside with a new head young coaching candidate that's like the new young fad in the NFL. I just, I don't know. It just makes me nervous. And I know that we can win with Ron. Ron does a lot of things. It drives a lot of Panthers fans crazy, including me. But at the end of the day, he can get it done. And I know he can get it done if he had all the chips he needed. It's like Pete Carroll said once in the day, you got to be able to uh, buy the groceries too, you know, and it, Gettleman just did not set him up for long-term success. All right. Well, you guys think? Thanks. All right, Josh. Is this has turned into a a a round of Ron Rivera play it safe? And I actually get a lot of that position is that who is the next guy? How can you be confident? We need to know who those names really are, and if there is somebody that is capable of it. But Ron Rivera. Getting a lot of uh, a lot of people think now, or at least we've had a couple of voices. There's a couple of irons in the fire that that sticking with that could get us in a better position than a wholesale change. Josh, how you feel about that? Well, I feel 
really that I, I think keeping Ron, unless something incredible happens this season, um, you know, a deep playoff run or a Super Bowl, what have you, I, I think this is it for Ron, really. I, I think um, it was something you had actually brought up on an earlier podcast, I believe like two, three weeks ago. You said that um, it may it makes sense to keep him around for a year um, because you don't want to throw – Because all right, so if you're going to get a new head coach, you're probably getting a new GM at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want those guys to kind of work and function together. So you're not going to lop them off four months before the draft when there's all this scouting, there's all this information to gather, there's, you know, uh, and then you've got all the stuff leading up to the draft, pro days and, and bringing guys in and all that. So I think in a lot of ways it makes sense to keep Ron and, and Herney around probably for another year. I mean, Herney didn't do bad in the draft last year. Um, I think if nothing else, that that bodes well, I think, because I'm fairly confident in his ability to draft. Um, and being stuck with Ron might not be the worst thing in the world. I mean, it's the reality is, is we're probably going to see wasted timeouts. Um, probably going to see some some questionable stuff here and there, but every you see you really at the end of the day uh, you see some questionable stuff from every coach, um, except for like the elite of the elite, which there's only like one of those in the in the NFL right now. But uh, again, none of us like it. Nobody wants to hear it because we all want change because the season's bad, right? It, you know, we started six and two. We're we're smelling like we're going to go six and 10. So we're all like fire, everybody burn, the yep, shy, yep. burn it all, burn it all to the ground and let's just start over. Um, and, and that's an easy reaction to have. Um, admittedly Sunday leaving the game. That's where I was. I was like, man, I came all the way down here to watch this man miss opportunities, use timeouts wrong. Oh, come on, <laughs> you know? So it, it's, it's what we all want because it's knee-jerk. Um, but I think Ron being there for one more year, whether it's permanent or not, I think for a carryover year just to keep things in place while the grand plan, I guess you could call it, falls into place, is, I think it's a better idea than just canning it all now. Because like I said, we're, we're four months in change, a little bit of change from the draft. Do <laughs> really want to just jump off that cliff? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think that it is, and especially in a in a time where there's looking like there's going to be eight different head coaches hired here, uh, you yeah. don't want to be in a case in a case where you do what the Cardinals did and hire uh, Steve Wilkes at this point, who yeah. really probably didn't have enough leadership. Uh, resp- you know, only one year as a coordinator, maybe a little rush to judgment to hire that person and you don't want to get stuck with one of those people. And you just hope that the plan is, is more of a plan instead of reactionary, like you come in, like, a, like a, us reacting to this season. All right, we're going to go ahead with the next call. The number's two, five, two, 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 eight, fifty, ninety eight. Hey guys, this is uh, Waldo from Raleigh. Um, calling back in. It's been a while. Um, I just wanted to ask you guys um, if, you, if you thought about, like, any coaching staff changes uh, going forward next year. Um, I know Ian Rappaport leaked the uh, the rumor that 
Uh, Ron Rivera was going to be safe as far as the head coach. Um, don't know if I buy that, but if that is the case, uh, do we see any other changes going forward? I think it's kind of uh, proven that um, we we dug a little too deep um, in our own pot as far as what we had um, as uh, defensive coaches. Uh, Eric Washington's just not ready to make that transition um, to being the defensive coordinator at this time. Um, so I was just kind of curious, do you guys see us bringing in maybe like another defensive coordinator if we do keep Ron Rivera? Um, do we make any changes with the offensive coordinator? Or are you guys um, pretty happy with what Norv Turner's done this year and looking forward to what he can do next year? Um, but that's that's what I got, guys. Uh, look forward to hearing your responses on it and uh, keep pounding. All right. Thanks, Waldo, from Raleigh. I'll go ahead and start with this. It's something that I feel like we have been pretty consistent on saying, and that is is that this all is determined by Ron Rivera and the safety of his job. I think North Turner has showed a lot of what he could do with the offense. We've been very happy with the offense that was on the field this year. They kept us. We put up a lot of more points than we're used to seeing out of a Panthers offense in many ways. But I think the question now, and I'll start with Cody from South Carolina, is I don't know if Ron Rivera, other than Norv Turner, is his only outside hire ever. So how do you go and get a defense? You know, what do you do? It's clear it needs to be done. And also, I would think that his plan and the description of that plan to David Tepper probably is very important in whether he's going to be a head coach or not even is how he's going to fix this part. Yeah, and, you know, uh, uh, apparently they, David Tepper and Marty Herney and Ron Rivera, they've been having um, frequent meetings as of late, um, which tells me that David Tepper is a very hands-on owner, which I do like that. Um, you know, uh, the, the caller wanted to know um, if we have any names in mind, um, and there are a few of them that I mean, really, it's it's so early in the process that it honestly is kind of hard to know um, what direction we would even be, uh, what direction we would even move in. So I know uh, our longtime listener J Dub told us about Matt Campbell, the head coach at Iowa, who has done a long um, uh, a rebuild of that program and turned them around and turned them into a competitor. That's I mean, they've upset some good teams. Uh, these past few seasons, I believe they beat Oklahoma. Uh, they, they've beaten some some good teams, and, and Matt Campbell is a name on the rise. Um, a name that Tony and I floated out earlier was uh, John DeFilippo, who was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, but uh, they showed that man the door before the season even ended. So um, I don't know. There, there are a few names out there. Um, it, it really is tough at this point to know what college coaches are interested in making the move to the NFL and what coaches out there, um, you know, may, maybe that have had a job before, like the Mike McCarthy's, the Paganos, which, God, I pray no, um, you know, if they would even be interested in, in taking this job. Uh, Cody, do you have, um, you know uh, – a, uh, maybe a name that you have in mind or uh, a dream hire that if Ron Rivera did leave, which I do know you've been kind of pushing on, you know, pump the brakes on firing Ron Rivera. 
But is there a name that you would like to see maybe affiliated with the organization in the future? See, and that's probably why I'm not really a big fan of getting rid of him at this point is because is there a better option than Ron Rivera at this point? And when you look out there, I guarantee you if Ron Rivera is on the market, he's the top person on the list of potential coaches. Guaranteed. So already in the list of people that are going to be like, so you know how NFL Network, Yahoo Sports, um, everybody's going to have that list of potential head coaches for these teams. And they're going to say, who's the best? And I guarantee you that it's going to be between Ron Rivera and Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy might draw the, the, you know, the, 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 you know, short straw because he had, you know, Ron Rivera may draw the short straw just simply because not having the Super Bowl. But do we really want to let go of somebody who's going to be considered a top tier coach on the market? And that's, unfortunately, I don't see a replacement right now on the horizon who's going to leave their team who's going to lead us to the promised land, at least hypothetically. And I'll say something about Eric Washington, too, before I you know, turn the reins over. Eric Washington, I think we were all excited about him coming on board as the defensive coordinator because we were going to lose him had we not done the defensive coordinator. He was going to go to Arizona you know, with Wilkes to be his defensive coordinator had we not taken him. And so we would have lost him. And hindsight's always twenty twenty, certainly. But I was excited about what he was going to bring to the – defensive coordinator slot. Unfortunately, I think Ron Rivera made the move to demote him back to, you know, defensive line coach, not technically, but in, in, you know, position just about, you know, six, six weeks too, too late, unfortunately. Josh, I'm going to ask you this since, since kind of shopping the head coaching carousel is a difficult question at this moment. One, um, that we're really just uncertain of what's going to happen is though if Ron Rivera does return, a defensive coordinator is going to be uh, required. Is that you can't? I don't believe that Ron Rivera. Uh, it would be best for him to be the defensive coordinator and the head coach at the same time. So I'll start with this: Would you be open to Wilkes returning? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, last year certainly wasn't the best defense we've ever fielded, not by any, um, any measure, but it was better than I, than I saw this year, at least in my opinion, um, saw more consistent pressure. I'm, I'm not sure what this year's total sack number is, but I'm pretty sure last year we have more. Um, oh, yeah. I'm fairly certain. We had last to year have, our, yeah. Yeah. Well, last year, our only, our only problem on defense was the secondary. And now I think we have a secondary that, if the D line produced like it did last year, this secondary would look amazing and we'd all be having way different discussions than we're having today. Um, whereas that D line just kind of, you ever see the movie, the blob as ridiculous as that movie is. <laughs> um, it's just this giant ball of crap that rolls around this town, like roll and then like rolls over people. And it's so slow and it's ridiculous. Like that's how ridiculous our D line is this year. It looks like the blob out there. Like maybe it, maybe it'll get lucky and catch somebody behind their car and just roll over them. It's like, that's really, <laughs> that's really what it's been, man. There's, there's been no, we talk about no urgency on the play calling on offense. There's no urgency in the D line either, man. There's no urgency. There's no youth. It's 
man, it's it smells bad. It smells worse than summer camp when you're a teenager, man. It's bad. So, uh, that's that's yeah. why I'm that's part of why I think we need to keep Ron is because we need to fix some of the personnel issues before we bring a head coach in. Or, or another GM, really. Yeah, I, th- I mean, is that, and this is something that Brandon Herbert has been saying a, a lot in discussion with Twitter, particularly after our post game show, is that, you know, what that's why we're in so desperate, such desperate need of elite pass rusher. The question, the problem is, is elite pass rushers don't grow on trees, and guys who look like they're going to be great and uh, are tif- are difficult to find. And I guess that's why New Orleans went after. That I forget his name, and he's had a he's had a pretty good season so far. So Joey, uh, Joey is joining the podcast with us. Uh, Joe, the question on the board is: Would you be open to Wilkes coming back, or what type of? How do you think that Ron Rivera should handle the defensive coordinator position if he were to maintain his job? And how does he convince Tepper that he's got it under control? I would be perfectly fine with Wilkes coming back and kicking over as coordinator. Um, I think when he was here, I think he he was able to um, properly motivate the guys. And and I think they played well for him. Uh, Much better than Washington. Um, Whatever the deficiency happened to be there with Washington, I didn't see it with Wilkes. I think he could come back and Ron could move uh, back to being head coach. But I think, um, you know, still have a finger in on the defense. Yeah, we saw, I think with Wilkes, the one thing is it wasn't a great defense overall, and I was disappointed in it. But it looked like it was, like Josh was saying, because of personnel deficiencies that were clear, is that you had he had to blitz so much to generate any pressure at all. And that was why we were able to, I mean, and that's, he did get a lot of sacks somehow out of Peppers and Addison together and, and those guys just were better last year. And I just don't know. I don't know how it could have been how Eric Washington was that bad, to be honest. Like, uh, he had a, um, a ringing endorsement from Peppers, and and, and he seemed to talk well. He seemed to have, uh, like, a, a, a good mentality, but it just wasn't working correctly. I think Wilkes was able to do more with less, honestly. And uh, is that... You're also, I think this, and I tr- I truly believe this, is that Ron Rivera is going to be cautious about who he hires as a defensive coordinator, and he hopes that they you don't want them to have too much head coaching history and success because if he were to get fired late in the season next they year, yeah, and the guy that comes to mind is is if you hire. Who was our defensive coordinator that went to be a head coach for the Jaguars and then later the Oakland Raiders? Jack Del Rio. Yeah, Jack Del Rio. You bring in Jack yeah. Del Rio, and then you all of a sudden he's got enough cred where he could take over. 
if that were the case. And North Turner probably wouldn't do that based on his relationship with Ron. So I do think that that will be a, a factor that is going to be uh, on Rivera's mind secretly going forward. All right, well, let's, we're let's another, we're another good reason to bring Wilkes in. Because yeah, he's had it, but he was not successful. And yeah. listen, can I just can I just jump in real quick here? It's a little bit off topic, but if they're talking about firing Steve Wilkes, like that's how you know you're a bad football organization. I mean, why mm-hmm. are you firing Steve Wilkes after one year in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Where, where, I mean, was was anybody was anyone honestly expecting Steve Wilkes to come into Arizona with a crap right, offensive yeah. line? With, with with an aging uh, uh, set of uh, receivers, I mean, a brand new quarterback, and what Steve was supposed to turn them into a starting caliber uh, or into a playoff caliber team his first year there. I mean, mm. listen, if they don't if they don't want him, I'll happily have him back. If anything, just to have Dante Jackson learn under a man like Steve Wilkes, come on, man, sign me up. But I mm-hmm. honestly think that he will be a good head coach. And if the Cardinals fire him, they are the definition of incompetency and they don't deserve him. No. Yeah. That's a great point. And I think by saying that, um, I would have to agree with you. They need to give the man a chance. Yeah. You know, he's only been there one season. Give him a shot. You know, you're going to bring yeah. it really, they will become the Cleveland Browns. Absolutely. I think there's an argument they fired Arians prematurely. Yeah. 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 No, I yeah. think so too. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with and, that. Uh, eight, 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 eight with the team. The, yeah. uh, they're in position to draft Joey Bosa, and Chandler Jones is still one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. Maybe they yeah. grab a, uh, an offensive tackle. I mean, you have to build the football team to be a contender. And who would ever think that Josh Rosen in his first year would bring them uh, into a playoff run? It, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't feasible. Um, again, I know this isn't a Cardinals podcast, but with yeah. Steve Wilkes coming from us, I just thought that it was at least worth bringing up. So if they're incompetent, yeah. I would love to have him back here in Carolina. Absolutely. And I want to mention one more thing about Ron Rivera. Um, and, you know, going or cutting his coach. I'll be brief. Uh, Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera would, would come back. Uh, the team would not want to take the chance of having him go somewhere else, catch on somewhere, and become an overnight success. He would be one of the very tip-top coaches on the market if we were to let him go. So at the same time, I think um, as much as just keeping him because of what he's done with the team, they want to keep him so that there's not a chance of him of making the team look bad by him going somewhere and having success. So it's been brought to my attention that Bruce Arians retired and wasn't fired. I got to believe, though, that was a retirement that was, we're going to give you an opportunity to retire before we fire you. It has to be. Because now he's talking about coaching the dang Browns or all of that. And I think that's uh, where 
That's where you're right, Tony. The fact that he's wanting to come back and coach. I think you're right. And to throw out some of the other names, I just saw that Jim Caldwell is going to be uh, interviewing for the jobs, uh, the Green Bay job. So is that uh, with so many openings, you know, a guy who has had some, who has had, he's been coach of the year, right? And had success with the team uh, and knows how to run from a big standpoint practices, get guys, hire guys, move guys, you know, those types of things. That's a sought-after skill because, you know, the John D. Filippo names, like Cody mentioned earlier, who are exciting to us when we see um, the Philadelphia offense go crazy, you put him into a larger role, and apparently it's too much to handle, or at least that's with Minnesota decided. The number's 252-228-5098. This is uh, <clears throat> Lee from Houston, Texas. Uh, long-time listener. Love you guys. Happy that I got something to listen to out here. I want to tell you all a quick story. I hope I can get it in within three minutes. So I do neuropsych testing for the NFL. I work with a lot of of players. I'm working with a player last year uh, who runs a training facility, who trains NFL players. And he says he's worked with a a ton of players and ran off this list of high-caliber NFL players. And he says this one player who he's so excited about because the kids just got unbelievable measurables. Like, just would have been a top pick had he been invited to the draft. Uh, measurables through the roof, but he wasn't very experienced. And who was that player? Albert Einstein. No, uh, it was F.A. Obata. And he swore up and down that this was going to be a Pro Bowl player. If given a shot, if he could learn a playbook and get in the NFL. Anyways, I'm just calling to tell you all that story. I hope uh, this weekend FA Obata gets some playing time because uh, I've been following him ever since then. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get to see what he can do. But you know, Ron Rivera—it's going to be Horton and Addison and Peppers for the entire game. Anyways, y'all have a good day. And Brian Cox Jr., interesting tidbit there, F.A. Obata, he does have limited football experience and crazy football body, though. He looks like a Mm -hmm. football defensive end. Ron Rivera cited him of having flashes of elite, and hopefully he will be one of those players that we get to evaluate. I think at this point there's no need to even put Addison out there. I don't even think, I mean, maybe if you want Peppers to have a snap in the final game to meet some contract thing or to make some whatever. But, like, Peppers ain't going to get nothing out of playing in this New Orleans game. So I say put out Haynes on one side, act like he is your Addison, and put F.A. on the other side and see what these guys can do because we've seen a ton of Horton. And, by the way, Horton is not a bad player. Yeah, he's been okay, but we know that he also is – there's a ceiling there for him, and he is not going to be – he's a role player. What we need to be seeing is if F.A. Obata can be more than a good story that the Carolina Panthers can capitalize upon and make a movie about. Instead, if he can be a good football player and a contributor to the team. Josh, F.A. Obata, he's got the – 
he has got the football size that uh, who was it? Somebody mentioned in the chat room earlier that we had that went to Townsend that had two sacks that God, what was his name? But we've had some guys that have been undersized in the past that we were hoping were going to be good. This guy, uh, he's got the football body. Do you think that he can be a contributor for the Carolina Panthers? Uh, I really think so. Um, I mean, we all like a feel-good story, but let's let's be real. This is the NFL. Um, but, I mean, based on that one performance, I, I, I think he's just one of them guys who's, who's – that was kind of a flash of what he can be. Uh, maybe not all the time, but um, at least a good chunk of the time. Uh, I, I think he's somebody that is worth having on the squad, having on the team to develop and, and see what more we can get out of him, see if we can get some consistency out of him, see if we can get – um, some attitude out of them uh, because it's look it's not for a lack of trying on the d-line it's a lack of ability and it's a lack of attitude and i think especially on you know we've said it time and time again dontari poe man just looks like he's out there happy to be there because he's got a job he's making money whatever and it's you, know, you don't want players like that you don't and and you think about it you know fa he wants it, man. This guy, this guy's story is as unreal as it gets in the NFL right now, really. Yeah, so incredible. What? The guy's hungry. The man's got to be hungry. It's like the it's like the, the first Rocky movie and the second Rocky movie. You know, he's a bum. He's a nobody. Whatever. He's got some little freaking shriveled up guy coaching him up, chasing chickens in the back alley, and then lo and behold, he goes out. <laughs> goes out and takes out the heavyweight champion of the world the second time around. And the first time, man, the fix was in. We all know the fix was in. We all know. Adrian knows. You know. Although that's Poor a bad Adrian. reference. It's a bad reference because we got Philly this year. The hell with them. All right? <laughs> yeah, we were the one running up the steps, uh, pumping our fists this year. Yeah. Yeah, listen, man. F.A. Obada is one of those guys – He's kind of an enigma, right? You don't really know how much of a contributor he'll be. And that's why, you know, this Sunday in New Orleans, it's going to be an important game for him. I mean, to really go out there and granted, I don't know how many of the starters, uh, the Saints are going to try out on the field, especially before uh, they, oh, you know, uh, try, try and make a strong Sean, playoff. Sean run. Yeah, Sean yeah, Payton but, said they're doing – they're going full force. So – and, and you no, know what, Josh? Um, I'm not. I'm not necessarily mad at that decision. I mean, if you think about it, they're going to have a bye. You're looking at around what two or three weeks in a row that your starters are, yeah. are going to be, you know, not playing yeah. football. I mean, you, you know, you don't want them coming into the playoff game cold against, uh, you know, either the the Cowboys who's already beaten them or the Seattle Seahawks who I mean they're trending upward right now. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to see, um, you know, Obata uh, go one on one against Ryan Ramtrick. That was their uh, the guy they drafted uh, last year, I believe it was, and he's oh, been a we, great one. We, we want to see him go one on one with Drew Brees. Let's let's be real. We yeah, want to well, see them right. just go do some damage, man. I don't I mean, care if to first. I don't care if this is their best week. Because this yeah. week would just be icing on the cake, man. Everybody's like, oh, that's dirty. That's greasy. I'm like, you know what? After this season, 
after some of the calls that went against us and after some of the missed opportunities, I'll say it, trade me to Buffalo if you got to. I just want to see somebody go out there and, and grease Breeze, man. Just just get him. Just get him, man. Make <laughs> him smell on. the deep socks. Take his damn lunch money and make him eat your belly button lint. All right? That's all we want. That's all we want. Playoffs are are boom, gone. They're up there in the closet over there somewhere next to next to my wedding wedding apparel when my friends have weddings. I break it out once a year. Leave it there. All right? We want to see some grease. I want some grease. <laughs> I uh, I do think it's a a kind of a weird thing though. As we're talking about evaluating players, we don't have uh, a lot or anyone we can truly evaluate at defensive tackle. Kyle Love, God bless him, has been great, but he's old and he's not going to be uh, a piece going forward. I would think Vernon Butler. Right now, I mean, you better learn a lot about him in a quick, like in a hurry. But it doesn't seem like he has got. He's taken. He's taking positive steps forward enough. And and then Don Terry Poe, veteran at this point, KK hurt. So we better see some people uh, on those edges that give us some flash, or else there's not. A, there's going to be a full overhaul that needs to be done. Um, so here we go. We got Carl D on the line right now. Hi, what's up, Cat? What's up, C3? This is Carl D. Carl D. What's up, Tony? Cody and Joey. How was y'all guys' Christmas? Mine was pretty... It was okay. You know? Pretty good. Not bad. No complaints here. Um, But anyway, guys, and especially you, Cody, eh? Um, Tonight, I want to do a little profile. <clears throat> have some offensive linemen. Next week, I'm going to call in with a few of um, my um, defensive ends that I got. But um, offensive linemen, this is especially for you, Cody, since you looking for us to get offensive linemen. Number oh, one on my list, I'm going to go with some tackles that I have. Um, a Dalton Reznor from um, 6'5", 308 pounds. Yeah. He played majority of his majority at tackle, but this year he's he played center and still was good. Um, he's an outstanding pass blocker, which you said we need a good pass blocker. He's very versatile. Absolutely. Yeah, he's very versatile too. He would be a good pick. Um, K State. And then, um, of course, one of my favorites. Top center in the draft since Khalil told me going to Tyler Bitten is one of the Wisconsin guys, and you know Wisconsin is good for offensive line youth. Um, Tyler, of course, he the, was their anchor um, the past two seasons at Wisconsin. 6'3", 320 pounds. Uh, he's probably the the most famous of the. Wisconsin on the line. Yeah, the guy is legit. I would love for us to get him. Um, I have some sleeper picks, too, we can get. All if right. we don't go off of the line, we can get a second round. My first one is the start of um, Tyler's his, his line mate, uh, David Edwards. 
The only I know about David. Who's always the team? Also, teammate of Tyler. This guy is he's just as good as Tyler. He just don't get as much credit as Tyler. Um, six seven, three hundred and fifteen pounds, and yeah, he he's a he's a big mauler too. Six seven. So I was he's. Yeah. Hey, my other sweet is, um, is the, the tackle from Oklahoma, Bobby Evans, 6'5", 300 pounds. Yo, sweet. I mean, hey, he played mostly West. I mean, right. All right, so he got caught up. He's got another call going forward. Cody, since you're the draft the draft guy, what what your response? Those are some – you were talking about plus-size people earlier. Those are some sexy plus size people. Yeah, them big boys. Yeah, we like them thick here in Carolina, as David Gellerman referred to. Hey, he called them them hog mollies, baby. We need some more hog mollies on the team. But no, listen, man, uh, I I love the draft. I love that Carl is interested in it too. Um, And and listen, Carl, man, if you turn me on to a player, uh, hey, you might see him pop up on Draft Tech. I want to remind everyone tomorrow. There will be a new draft on drafttech.com. Be on the lookout for the Panther players selected. Um, I had my hand really deep into this one. But to some of the players that he's mentioning, um, Dalton Reisner from Kansas State, six foot five, 300 pounds. Uh, Carlton actually hit the nail on the head. He is a versatile player. He's either going to play center or he's going to move over to the left guard position, which I don't mind that at all. Uh, we don't know that Tyler Larson is the answer at center, and we don't know that Van Roten is the answer at left guard. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he is not, in spite of um, his performances earlier this year, which did show a lot of promise. Um, yeah, I, I, I do like Dalton. Um, the bell of the ball, in my opinion, right now at center is another guy that Carlton mentioned. Tyler, I'm gonna butcher this last name, dude. Biads. It's a it's a it's a weird last name, but yeah, he's a road grader, man. He's tough. He's um, hard to push off the line of scrimmage, and um, yeah, I, I think these are probably some later round picks. Um, uh, another <laughs> name for Carlton that I want you to um, you know read up about him a little more is a dude named Eggleton Jenkins. He's the center out of Mississippi State, and I'm telling you, man, that dude is a beast, an absolute beast. I think once the combine comes around, he's going to fly up the draft boards. And, um, yeah, if, if we need some offensive linemen, this is an underrated draft class for us to be able to do it. So I'm excited about it. Cody. Yeah. Um, best, best case scenario. Where will we be picking? So right now the Panthers are in the position to draft uh, anywhere between the seventh pick and the fifteenth pick. Ah. So it, it it ranges from there because there's a bunch of different scenarios. Uh, Tampa Bay is in front of us right now. Uh, I said this to Tony earlier. Even though Atlanta swept us, they still have a strength of schedule advantage on us right now so they have the 10th pick right now we have the 11th pick so there's that but as of right now if a few things went our way we could end up with the seventh pick in the draft and at 
number seven, where would you see them going? I mean, if you could pick anything you wanted in your top ten at seven, who would you get? I mean, you know, Brother Herbert, him and I go back and forth on this. Is it offensive line or is it pass rusher? I'm of the mindset that that you bolster the offensive line. Um, The only pass rusher that I'm absolutely in love with and who I would love above all else is Nick Bosa out of Ohio State. But that guy is never going to fall past the third pick Mm -hmm. in the draft. That, mm-hmm. and, and even that might not happen. So um, the I, I want to bolster the offensive line. There are a bunch of good defensive players, but if Jonah Williams, the left tackle from Alabama, is sitting there just ready to be pulled in, I'm tired of talking about Matt Khalil. I'm tired of talking about Clark having a, a revolving door on Cam Newton's blind side. I'm done with it, man. I want to invest in the offensive line and protect Cam Newton for the rest of the time that he's a Carolina Panther. Yeah. Is there, yeah. Is there my, my question about scouting these offensive linemen is that you yeah. hear a guy that says 6-7, and um, I'm yeah. starting to go this, is that can you be too tall – for the for for the offensive line because I feel like once you get to that six seven range over six six is like you have to be a tackle like it seems like it's dis a disadvantage to be that tall yeah. and play guard so do you think that those are considerations when you look at those guys Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, with with the with the guard and the center, they're the less um, physically gifted of the offensive linemen, they want to be able to punch instantly. Whereas a tackle, they have the kickback. They're trying to, you know, scoot outward and be able to round the defensive end away from the quarterback. So, yeah, the the taller they are, normally they're at the tackle position. And, you know, that's why centers, I believe Ryan Khalil might be six foot two maybe. Yeah, the, the smaller of the guys there on the interior – but um, one of the better left tackles in the NFL is David Bakhtiari up in uh, Green Bay. And he's 6'9", I believe. I mean, mm-hmm. Hope was a, he's a, he's a big boy. So, yeah. That, you wingspan, do have a that wingspan is more beneficial on the edges. Yeah. yeah really uh, Pad level. Um, all right. Carl D's coming back for round two. Okay, I just called D back. Sorry, I got cut off. I'm going to try to rush through this so I don't get cut off again. Um, I was talking about my other sleeper pick, Bobby Evans. He he may have played mostly right tackle, but I'm telling you, this guy, he's a junior. He's, I mean, he's 6'5", 300-pound plus, and, and Cody. This guy will fit good in our system. He's also a, an outstanding pass protector. And from what I've seen on film, too, with this guy, um, and and we also have to remember, this guy was in, this guy was in the Lincoln Rowley system at Oklahoma. So you know in that system, passing yeah. the ball, this guy, hey, 
he's smart and he's athletic and and he and he has enough strength to be i think to be a decent um as a offensive tackle in this game, hey, this could be our future left tackle. Hey, we get one of the, we get Rosner, who's who's experienced at center, or Bedez, and put Bobby Evans in there. Man, or vice versa, put Edwards as a offensive lineman with one compared to one of them centers. Cody, that would be the offensive. That would be your offensive dream. Line right there, going teaming over Moten. But um, that's all I got for this week, guys. Next week, I'm going to call and give you some names of defensive linemen that I've seen that I right. think might be a good, good um fit for us. And y'all, give me y'all thoughts about it, about these guys, and um. Once again, I gotta say, Fire Rivera. I'm still on the Ron Rivera Fire Rivera train mm-hmm. until further notice. But anyway, guys, I'm going back in the chat room. I'll be, I will be here. I will be chat texting with y'all. So y'all, let me know what what y'all comments and stuff. Cody, you let me know what you think about my um, my draft board. Of these offensive linemen, if you know them, if you have any questions about them, feel free to ask. I will be more than happy. All right. Thanks, Carl D. Cody, I'll let you get one quick response, and we're going to the next goal. Yeah, so he mentioned Bobby Evans. Um, he's someone that I haven't looked at a lot of tape on yet. Um, but I tell you what, uh, Oklahoma, they're getting ready to play Alabama, and they're known for their defensive linemen. So Bobby Evans will be on display uh, coming up here soon, uh, within the next seven days. So uh, he has an opportunity to bump up his draft stock, draft stock tremendously. Uh, yeah, man, let, let, let's let's see what he's about. I'm, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I, I love it, Carl. Call in, do this some more, man. We'll talk about any player you want to, man. All right. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey, guys, I would like to show you guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work. I want to get your slant on something, too. Should Ron Rivera stay or go? Should Marty Herney stay or go? Do you think Marty Herney is capable of turning second, third, and fourth-round draft choices into starters? And what do you think about keeping Ron and keeping, like, Norv Turner and Scott Turner as a QB coach? Just keep those, get a new defensive coordinator, and then get a new GM who's good at drafting. So thank you guys and keep up the good work. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to start with this is I think that uh, we kind of have to bet, you know, we've addressed some of these tenants a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, the ideal thing is this, is that look, Marty Herney has not been a bad GM at any of his tenure when it comes to the draft. That has never been Marty Herney's weakness. Now I know that people are going to point to that time that he traded away a first round pick to get Jeff Ota, who was a good football player, by the way, a big man with a big foot injury. And that was the problem there. And then he got the, the guy, what is his name that, um, and he's actually come on the radio in Charlotte a couple of times this past year. We drafted him Everett Brown. Everett Brown was the bust that 
that Marty Herney couldn't ever get that, you know, that was the one, the legacy of a bad draft him. And then there was the starting quarterback from Appalachian state that he drafted to play wide receiver, Armani Edwards. That one didn't work out. Uh, but he really has had some just complete gems. Now the question though is in the mid or late rounds, is he good enough there? And I think he is good enough. The question is that is he good enough? We've seen two. This is the second decade of the Marty Herney era, if you think about it. We're already, he did 10 years earlier. Now it's 20 years later from he started almost. And, you know, you just got to wonder is there new, uh, do we need a different, a new vision, a fresh vision to go ahead? And I think this is that if Marty Herney goes, then we know right away that Ron Rivera's tenure is going to be pretty short. And I'll turn it over to Josh. Josh, when we met, when we had Brett, it was uh, not it wasn't Brett Coleman who we had in the show. We had uh, Dan Dan uh, Hat, Hatman Hat, Dan Hatman. It was talking about this. Yep. He's he said that a head coach has never lasted other than Ron Rivera with a new GM more than a calendar year. So if we are to replace Marty Herney, don't you think that that trickles down? Uh, I I think so. Um, I think really uh, keeping them, I think keeping them together for this year would be a good idea. um, Right. Because they're, they're in tune with, with, you know, what's going on. Um, they're the best set of hands, whether we whether we like what the, the product they put out this year or not, they're going to be <clears throat> the pair that is going to lead the charge the best when it comes to the draft this year. Um, again, what we, a lot of us aren't going to necessarily want to hear that, um, but it's the fact of the matter. They have the most time on and off the field with this team. Um, they're the guys who, who, you know, Ron obviously is head coach. He tried to tries to get a handle on what the scheme is going to be on both sides of the ball. Um, so, you know, again, these are the two guys you really want doing it. The two guys who ran the show for this year. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't see them getting split up like a mid season or in between, you know, in between two seasons type thing. I, I really think um, when one goes, they're both going to go. Um, and and I, I don't think it's this year. Um, and honestly, if Ron produces a really good season next year, call me crazy. But as we all said earlier, well, as you said earlier, Tepper is kind of the wild card here. We don't know what he's going to do. And I think maybe call it crazy, but even if it's a good season next year, I think maybe Tepper just just still continues the plan. I think I think Tepper has got a plan in his head already. He. He already knows what he wants to do, and I think he knows full well that getting rid of Ron now isn't the right – it's not the right time. Uh, you, you get your people in place, and depending on uh, – you know, I'm not sure on what the legalities of it all, but it, you, you could probably even have somebody waiting in the wings who's already done their homework. Maybe, maybe we're all wrong about this, or maybe that's the case for next year is he's got some people in wait. Um, although then again, with as competitive as the NFL is, I question whether that's possible. But this man's a billionaire, um, and he seems serious about winning. He seems serious about 
same things that the Roaring Riots are serious about this year, uh, you know, changing the culture. <laughs> so, you know, he's really the wild card here. We, we have no idea what this man's going to do because he comes from a city, a team that just wins. They're perennial playoff team. Granted, they get the crap kicked out of them by New England usually once a year. That didn't happen this year. Yeah. Um, but, st- but still, they're a team that's in the playoffs almost every year, if not every year. Um, so he's going to want to change his team into a team that, okay, so maybe we don't go to the Super Bowl every year. Maybe we don't even make the NFC championships. But you're damn right. The Panthers are going to make the playoffs every year. I think that's the idea. That's the mentality. That's what he wants at the minimum. He wants this to be no more excuse. Well, it's a small market team and it's this and it's that. And it's a, okay, look, the stadium doesn't sit any less people than Gillette stadium where the Patriots play. It's a team that is currently considered by many to be the, the, the top of the NFL, right? I've been in both stadiums. I haven't been to a Patriots game. I saw Metallica there. I didn't, I didn't go to no Patriots game. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but they seat about the same amount of people as, as our stadium. And really, honestly, every week, you'd think, you'd think that, that this was a losing franchise out here. Because uh, this coming week, uh, this last week, I was in Charlotte for the game, and my father and my brother – we're in uh, Gillette Stadium out in Foxborough, and their stadium was just as damn empty. This is a team with five rings in the last how many years? You know, so it, it, it's all a big mess, really, is what it is. And, and like I said, I don't think we we even have a clue what Tepper's got going on in his head. We have we haven't a clue. We think we have an idea, and we have the list of things that kind of make sense. But really, I I see him willing to do like move heaven and earth to make this a winning team, and I I don't see a limit in place. Really, I think we're seeing a little bit of ease right now because we're we're not. You gotta remember, we're not even a calendar year legally. He didn't own the team till July, um, so I, I think we're in for a hell of a ride in the next two years, and then I think that's really what's gonna be the future of this team and this franchise is what happens in the next two years. Cause I, I don't think Ron's here for the long haul. Um, I, I think some, somebody with a more aggressive offensive mind and a really good, maybe even a classic type minded D uh, DC comes in. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's obviously some big names in the league as far as that, but they're, They've got homes right now, so I like I said, I think in the next two three years, I think things are really going to get interesting for this team. All right, we're going to close the show out before we do our ice up picks with uh, something kind of a funny note, and I found this on Panthers Reddit. Uh, Cam Newton's girlfriend posts about the word affirm. And it's like one of those like uh, those motivational kind of cards, like and and it's like a poem, and so it starts off with the word affirm, and the in the with colon it says, "I am attracting 
better because I have discovered that it all starts with me. I'm going to change myself first so that everything can align for me. I'm not going to blame anyone. I'm going to take responsibility for my life. The better I become, the better I attract. And the word affirm is the focal point. It is like the motivational speech. Well, Cam Newton slides into the comments section and he writes in Cam Newton language, you know, that funny keyboard talk that he had made for him. Just make sure that ass firm. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Cam uh, Cam Newton is. Uh, and by the way, he thinks it is because Cody, didn't you say you think that they could be expecting another kid? Yeah, they're having oh, uh, another child. Yeah, man. Uh, look, he must have uh, he must have yo, a legal shoulder, agreement installed. His shoulder busted, but nothing else is, yo. <laughs> yeah, man. Still we, we, know, we know what Cam Newton's doing in the off season. All right, he's uh, he's uh, living off, his best life. Off season sounds like he's faking hurt so he can go home and be with his old lady, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's putting him out there. All right, hey, you know uh, so. So you're listening to C3 Panthers podcast. We're live on Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Uh, we got one more post-game show to knock out uh, ahead of time. If you're listening, go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. Share on any social media platform you got. You can follow us uh, on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, and all of that. Now, if you're also listening to the audio podcast, uh, we have moved and transitioned our feeds to a megaphone feed. So the RSS feed has changed. It is in the show notes. I'm going to keep simultaneously loading it to the old feed to make sure that we don't lose any of those people. But at some point, I'm going to put an end to that. So make sure you update your RSS feed if you're listening through a, like a third-party app like I do, Podcast Attic. You sh- these changes should be automatic in Google iTunes and Stitcher, so everything should be good there. Now let's go ahead and uh, let's ice some people up. And Cody, I'm gonna I'm gonna start first. Is that my ice up pick goes to Kevin Spacey? You pointed me to a video where Kevin Spacey has done where he acts like Frank. Uh, what was his name? Frank what from yeah, House Frank Cards. Underwood. Frank Underwood. So he's channeling his his character, Frank Underwood, and he puts out this odd video, creepy, if I might even say, video where he is talking about basically like a stern talking to from House of Cards where nobody knows the truth and he's not going to fold. And um, and that uh, that you've missed him, and and that the people that were going to stick with him are going to stick with him. So the video is weird. Go watch it. I'm, I don't know if watching somebody's video if that's supporting them. I do think it's it, you might get a beat on on what's going on with Kevin Spacey at this moment. But the video was enough to ice up. But then today I saw that a Snapchat video has surfaced where he was groping a 16-year-old boy in 2016 or some underage kid or young kid. Uh, And in the wake of that video, this is just a bad look. Not a bad look. This just turns out that Kevin Spacey is, is in outer space. 
and he doesn't know. Yeah, and and that's sad because I thought that he was such a good actor. And again, what we do is this: is remember, all of that's a facade, people. You don't know people. Uh, they, you know the people that they want you to think they are. And uh, Kevin Spacey, we're finding out that you are like like Josh said, a creep. So to you, I say, ice up. All right, go ahead, Cody. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, whenever I do my ice up picks, I, I try and aim for a comedic slant, get everybody laughing at the end of the show, lighten up the mood, uh, whether sometimes some heavy topics around Panther Nation. And dare I say, this might be the funniest, most comedic ice up that I've done since I've come on my beloved City 3 Carolina Panthers podcast show with Tony Dunn and Joe Riolano. I'm icing up the 2018 Carolina Panthers. It's low-hanging fruit, but man, we've been on this ride where we thought we had one of the most dominant teams in football. And then for the Rails to just, ah, oh, just come off, man, and just blow up in our faces like that. You know, Tony and I talked about at the start of the show, you know, this might be the most, you know, one of the most disappointing seasons that we've had being Panther fans, being duped into believing that we're this badass dominant football team only to, you know, to see that, that we're not even close to that. So I'm icing up everyone affiliated with this bullshit season of Panther football. <laughs> To 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 Ron Rivera, to to Herney, to to Turner, and it, it, even to the players, man, to Devin Funches, uh, to uh, Kwan Short, Captain Munnerlin, Captain Munnerlin, and I still love Kwan. By the way, I still think he's one of the better defensive tackles in football. But this is a it's bad year. Yeah, play. Yeah, everyone just playing below their standard, except for a few. You know, Panther um, all timers that I don't even need to name. You know them, and yeah, man, this is just a bad season. So, so to everyone involved, to everyone who duped us into believing that we were something that we were not, ice up, son. Josh, you got an ice up pick for us tonight? Oh yeah, I, I got one. I got one. All right, this is kind of coming out of left field, but. We're Panthers fans, but we're all football fans. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My ice up goes to the Dallas Cowboys fans of the world because y'all still ain't shit. <laughs> we, got you one. we got you week one. All right? That's all, that's all I got. There's no more. They are going to the playoffs. They're going hey, to the playoffs. That's all you need. Hey. That's all you need. Yeah, what are they going to do there? They're going to go get dry humped by like some poodle of a team and then they're going to lose. And then, and then the saints <laughs> will play that team and probably crap on them. And we're all going to be sitting there going, well, eh. you know what? As long as Drew Brees don't win a goddamn Super Bowl, I'm fine with all of it, man. I'm fine with all of it. You know, you know how fine with it I am. I ain't supposed to be smoking in the damn house. Here we go. I'm smoking in the damn house. That's how fine with it. I am as long as goddamn Drew Brees, don't win no goddamn Super Bowl this year. 
I can't take that. <laughs> I can't take that, man. I can't take that. Two in Drew Brees Super Bowl wins between our, you know, in a time where we had two goddamn losses. Skip, skip. I can't deal with it. Can't deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I no. Joe Riolano, do you have an ice up pick for us? I do, but Cody, I want to touch on something with you real quick. It's off topic. You mentioned, yeah, man. Uh, you mentioned TK Short. Um, how would you feel about him being teamed up with Christian Wilkins? Oh, I mean, well, they both play the same position. Um, so one of them would have to move over and fill that Dontari Poe. Um, uh, star of the Tulele type role. Um, but I know, I know where you're going because you and I are both the we're, we're the Clemson fans on the show. Uh, the name I would love to see uh, next to Kwan Short is Dexter Lawrence. I, I I think if Dexter were to declare um, yeah, that, a too? yeah, he's a tackle. He's a one technique okay. defensive tackle. And him next to K1, yeah, that uh, that 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 would be uh, kind of beautiful for a number of uh, a number of different reasons. But um, I try not to let my Clemson bias uh, bleed into sure? my uh, yeah. into my yeah. into my drafting. Yeah, but if it happens, man, let me tell you what, I'm not mad, and none of y'all should be either. Uh, my I have picked this week. <laughs> You know, we, we are all NFL fans, and I witnessed an atrocity that took place in an NFL game last Sunday. And that Steelers-Saints game, the referees were so bad. They were making so many home cooking calls for the Saints. And the Steelers were marching... Yes, in major ways impacted the game. I think had the referees been more um, unbiased, that the Steelers would have ended up winning that. But anyway, they were so bad. And it wasn't just one. It was like the entire unit, the entire core of referees there were just, Awful, and the NFL really—I—I don't think those guys are going to grade out well for that game. So I am going to one hundred percent ice up those referees and any referees that call games like that. Definitely need to ice up some. I think there's some uh, that game shows, and I heard Bucky Brooks talking about this on Move Sticks podcast, and that is. you know, at some point, a, a a where the the pass interference call is too much. So if you could get a spot foul or whatever they call it, where it's like a ten, you know, kind of like a holding call, like there needs to be levels almost of pass interference, so that all of a sudden you're just not chucking it up on third third down, hoping you get it, and you do, you know, a little contact, and all of a sudden it's a forty yard gain. Uh, the other mm-hmm. thing is, did you guys see? You see uh, my boy Dwayne Harris, one of the greatest yeah. players out of East Carolina yeah. University, 
pick the ball up on the one inch mark and run it to the house against the Oakland. Uh, well, he was he's on the Oakland Raiders. It's a great play. And all I tweeted about was is look, look at how smart people from ECU are. That's what it is. Is that we are known, we are known for being a heady college. That's what it is. Uh, and the last point to Cody, where someone said, "Now you got to ice up yourself, Cody, because you're associated with the team." We're off affiliation. They don't. We claim them. They don't claim us. So uh, we're gonna ice that up. And then the other thing is, I did see that John Gruden fired his strength and conditioning coach. So he's like oh channeling that. God. He's icing it up, everybody. <laughs> like that team. All right, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. My wife is probably so pissed that I told her this was gonna be a short show. And it's two hours. And <laughs> my, uh, my name oh, is Tony yeah, Dunn. E three the c3 panthers podcast you can reach the podcast using the cat calls line the number is 252-228-5098 cody lashney i know that you got a draft on draft tech coming up how can they follow you on twitter at c-o-d-y-l-a-c cody lack on twitter uh tomorrow uh, there will be a brand new draft on drafttech.com. There will be up to five players picked, five different rounds on drafttech.com. Go and check it out. The first round, I have a little, uh, a little bit written up for the first pick. And then um, after, once January rolls around, there's going to be a brand new mock draft every Tuesday. And eventually it will be all seven rounds and a comment for the first and second round pick. Hit me up on Twitter. Check out Draft Tech. As always, much love. Joe Riolano, Carl D. said, Tony, your college is known as the Party University. That is true. We're known for uh, binge drinking and hot girls. So that's, that's the ECU mantra right there. Uh, four to one, at, the, at, the best, at the best time in our heyday, we were top five school party school. Also, there was a six to one ratio of girls to guys. I think it slimmed down to four to one or three to one. Still good, good numbers. If you ain't got no game, come to ECU because the odds are in your favor. Joe Riolano, how can they follow you on Twitter? Guys, if you want to talk football, in particular Saturday, any Notre Dame fans, Want to talk smack about the game that's going on this Saturday? I will be highly entertained and willing to do so with you. Um, I am the freaking Puerto Rican. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Riolano. Football Jesus won't save him, will they, Joey? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Football Jesus won't save him. Them tigers are coming, baby. All right, and Josh, have you gotten on Twitter yet? I am on Twitter. I forgot I had an old account. Um, I haven't really started using it much on my phone, but you can get at me at LSC50. That's LSC, the number five, O-H-H. So feel free to Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, because I, I drive a car with, a, with an old Ford 5.0 in it, so. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Well, all right, guys. This is C3 Panthers Podcast. Let's get the heck out of here. We'll see you next week. We're going to yeah. see you after the post game. We're going to do our last post game, crawl the finish oh. line, and then hit you guys oh, back man. on Tuesday. Yeah.
I know it's going to be awful. <laughs> Maybe it'll be great, like you said. Get get to Drew Brees. Get to Drew Brees. F A Obata. Get him like the finish your story. Finish your story. All right, guys. You guys have a fantastic night. Good night. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.